In this week's parsha is the great revelation of Yosef, that Yosef reveals his identity to his brothers, tell them, tells them to bring his father, he re- reunites with his father, and there's a whole family reunion in this week's parsha. But at the point after Yosef reveals himself to his brothers, and he finally is able to once again hug his brother Binyamin. Of course, we know Yosef and Binyamin were brothers, not just from the same father, but also both children of Rachel. So Binyamin was especially poignant when Yosef met. And so the Torah says, when Yosef and Binyamin finally are able to hug each other, it says, that Yosef fell on the necks, in plural, Yosef falls on his brother Binyamin's necks, and he cried, and Binyamin cried on Yosef's neck. The Torah stresses that the crying of Yosef and Binyamin was on each other's necks, and that Binyamin cried for Yosef, on Yosef's neck, and Yosef cried on Binyamin's necks in the plural. So what's the idea of crying Dafka on necks, and what does it mean that Binyamin has plural necks? So Rashi, right away on the Pasuk, brings from the Gemara and Megillah that what does the neck represent? The neck represents the Beis HaMikdash, the place where God dwells on this earth. The neck represents the Beis HaMikdash. So Yosef, says Rashi, Yosef was crying on Binyamin's necks. That's the two Bate Migdash, the two temples, the two Beis HaMikdashes that were destroyed. That's what he was crying on Binyamin's necks. And they were in the portion of Binyamin. We know that the Ben Ksef of Shochin, that Hashem rested between Binyamin's shoulders, that the Beis HaMikdash is found on the part of Israel that belonged to the tribe of Binyamin. So Yosef crying on Binyamin's necks means he was crying over the two Batimigdash that will be destroyed. And Binyamin cried on Yosef's neck in the singular. So that, the Gemara says, was Mishkan Shiloh. We know before King Solomon built the temple for hundreds of years, the divine presence rested on the tabernacle, the Mishkan that was built in Shiloh. And so that's what Binyamin was crying on Yosef's neck. He was crying for the, the Mishkan Shiloh, the tabernacle of Shiloh that was also destroyed, and that was in the portion of Yosef. The city of Shiloh is in the, the, belongs to the tribe of Ephraim, and for hundreds of years that the Mishkan was built as a, almost like a, a permanent structure, almost, but in the town of Shiloh that belonged to Ephraim, the son of Yosef. So Binyamin was crying on Yosef's neck. He was crying over the fact that the Mishkan Shiloh, that the tabernacle at Shiloh is going to be destroyed. That's what they were both crying about. But first of all, we have to understand why is the Bate Migdash, why is the temple and the tabernacle, why is the divine home on this earth known as a neck? Why is it represented by the tzavar, by the neck? So that Hasidus explains is very simple, because what's a neck? A neck is what allows the head to be able to communicate with the rest of the body. The neck is what allows all the rest of the limbs of the body to receive their vitality from the head and also for the head to be able to control the whole body is dependent on the neck. The neck is where the life force comes to the whole body through the neck. And so to the Beis HaMikdash is the neck of the world. It's the conduit through which God's light is able to shine out to the entire world. That's why the Beis HaMikdash is likened to a neck, because it's not just about a place where the Divine Presence rests, but it's the place from which the Divine Presence shines out to the whole world, just like a neck, which is not just a place upon which the head could rest, but where the vitality and control could go out to the whole rest of the body through the neck. So that's why the Beis HaMikdash is likened to a neck.
But the question that the Lubavitcher Rebbe of our generation of blessed memory asks is an unbelievable question, and that is, we know there's a rule that the sages teach us, Adam Karev Eitzel Atzmai, a person is closer to themselves than to anybody else in the world, including one's own brother or parent. A person is closer to themselves more than anyone else. And so the Rebbe asked, why are Yosef and Binyamin each crying over the other's destruction, over the destruction of the structures that will be in the other person's portion. In other words, Binyamin is crying over Yosef, that the Mishkan Shila will be destroyed in Yosef's portion. And Yosef is crying over the two Bate Migdash that are going to be destroyed in Binyamin's portion. So each one is crying over the destruction of the other one. So the Rebbe explains that what's the Indian of crying when a person cries about things in the world? When a person cries, it's to ease, to make the feeling of ease for the one crying. As we see empirically, that when a person cries over something that's troubling them, an issue that's really hurting a person, and a person cries, it doesn't fix the issue, but the crying itself makes a person feel better. It makes a person feel relief. But when is crying detrimental? When is crying futile? When it's over something that could still be fixed? When you could still do something about it? Then crying is just a cop-out. Then crying is just an easy way out. If it's still something that's in your hands to fix, there's no reason to cry about it. One should work and try to fix it. And therefore, Yosef and Binyamin were each crying over the other's destruction because... When it comes to the destruction of the temple in one's own portion, which of course means for us as well, we know that each and every one of us is supposed to be a temple for Hashem. God dwells within all of us. So if our temple gets destroyed, somehow we feel that we're so far from God and that we unfortunately fell and made God not dwell in us crying about it, unless it's for tshuva. If one is crying in tshuva, that that itself is the rectification. But just crying about how bad things are, that is not going to get anything done. We know, like it says in Hayom Yom, one action is greater than a thousand sighs. person could sigh and kvetch and krechts and cry, but not actually do anything. When it's somebody else's pain, when it's the temple in somebody else's portion, that you could cry over, because that's not up to you. But it's when it's the temple in your own portion, when it's something that's in your hands to rectify, crying over it is a waste. Do something, fix something, fix how you are. As we know that the Gemara says that any generation that the Beis HaMikdash is not built, it's as if it was destroyed in that generation, because as the sages explain that if one person would do a complete repentance, if one person would build their private temple completely, Mashiach would come. And therefore, when it comes to other people suffering or other people sinning or other people being far from Hashem, so then it makes sense to cry. There's nothing you could do to fix that. If there's nothing you could do to them, sometimes you can help your friend as well, etc. But if there's nothing you do to fix it, then it makes sense to cry. But when it's in your own home, your own being, then don't cry. Work to fix it. Work to fix it. Work to make oneself into a temple for Hashem. And in that merit that we all work on making ourselves into Hashem's temple, we'll see the Beis Hamikdash, Hashlishi, the third Beis Hamikdash, with the coming of Mashiach. We should see it today. Good Shabbos.